Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. You're you're here. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> We're both back. We're both here. I was confused at first because I was like, I wasn't the only one that did We're it. We're both back together, <laughs> united. And it feels so good. Reunited and it feels, that's not what this podcast is. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> during it, but welcome in everybody. Hopefully everybody's recovered. Uh, I don't think we have, Laura and I actually haven't talked about like, what our approach is and how we're going to talk about everything that's happened in the last few days before the podcast. I just know that we had a lot of feelings when we were together on Monday when the draft lottery happened. And so I can't even begin to predict how this one's going to go folks. So you're in for a wild one, but welcome in. This is episode 180. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. We've got draft lottery results. We've got some, you know, KHL, Dmitry Vronkov, Science's NHL entry-level deal, uh, news to talk about. We've got some awards to get to. We've got playoff hockey happening around us. It's a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff happening. Well, three out of four of those things are good stuff. <laughs> but then... <laughs> good stuff. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, but Laura, you've also got fun stuff going on in your life, so... Talk to me about that. How are you doing on this? We're recording right now on Wednesday. I think we decided that we're releasing episodes this off season on Thursdays, unless that changes. Just expect that otherwise. So I'm going to have to get used to saying, how are you doing on this Wednesday, Wednesday night, as opposed to saying on this Monday night? That is true. You will have to adjust days of the week for the next couple of months. Um, no, I'm okay. I am moving on Saturday and I absolutely hate packing. Um, if I could just leave it all here and start over again, I would. So I just, I don't like it. I don't really think, I mean, unless you're like one of those hyper extreme organizers, which I wish I was, I have like aspirations to be like that, but I'm not. And I have started to get rid of things because I'm a pile hoarder. Like I just, I have piles of things and sometimes I hide the piles because I don't want to deal with the piles. And as you pack, you discover all the piles and it's exhausting to go through the piles. I just said piles a lot, but so yeah, I'm finally moving. Today was my last day of doing the commute from Newark to Columbus for work. And it decided to like really give me a great farewell because it took me an hour and 40 minutes to get to my office this morning. And I had a lot of choice words. It took uh, you an hour and 40 minutes to get from Newark to Columbus today? Yes. Where was the problem? 161 as soon as you got to New Albany. Mm -hmm. It literally took me like 45 minutes to get from the start of New Albany to 270. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't, it's bad all the time, but it's not normally that bad. And like the whole time I was thinking to myself, someone has to be monitoring this. And, like, someone has to understand that this is an issue. Like, every single day in this one stretch of highway, I guess, is just standstill traffic. Because there's not enough lanes and there's too many people coming off exit ramps. Like, and I know that asking about road construction in Ohio is, like, you know... I don't know what it's like trying to find a unicorn, but like, I hope one day they decide to widen that area. Well, and I think they did. 
Well, yeah, I think a long time ago it used to just be one way or one lane each side, but well, I two is not that, enough. Well, and I even think, yeah, because they've got to do it farther back. What? Why are we? We're out here being traffic experts. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is generally speaking, is the podcast dedicated to talking about the Columbus traffic patterns. <laughs> Which are a nightmare, but that's neither here nor there. But no, it's just, yes, yeah, so 161 decided to give me a great farewell for it being the last day that I had to take that route to work. Um, but yeah, so next time we record, I will be in whatever new podcast space I decide to create at my new place. So that'll be exciting. Do you have to worry about getting Wi-Fi set up in advance? Don't be like me. Don't be like me and end up not having Wi-Fi the first time we go to record. <laughs> no, I'm just supposed to be able to take my stuff and my Wi-Fi moves with me. Amazing. Love that for you. Can't relate. Simply can't. So, well, in all fairness, you didn't have Wi-Fi. Like, you didn't have your oh, own that's Wi-Fi. True. Yeah, I had my apartment. Had so, I just have, like, a router thing. And it just comes along with me so exciting don't forget to pack that make sure that's not one of the things that you leave behind i will not i have like a whole week after i actually move that i still have good ownership of this place if you're anything like me you'll still be there every single day that week getting shit and cleaning shit (laughs) uh no i better not like everything has to go when i have the u-haul truck on saturday so well, I'm wishing you luck because moving is a bitch. But uh, this last the last few minutes have just been like an absolute testament to my diagnosed and your undiagnosed ADHD between you talking about the piles and piles of stuff that you hoard because same, very much an ADHD tendency. And then also us talking about traffic and <laughs> uh, all and, and your exact moving plans and Wi-Fi. So this is going well so far. You can tell that we haven't done this in a minute. Yes. But enough about me. You're the one that was on vacation last week. So how are you? I'm so good. I like am feeling like even as we're recording this, I like there is no substance in my system. So bear with me. Um, I am just like relaxed. Like I just like feel like a lot of relaxation right now. Like I just feel like it's like 10 o'clock and I'm like tired. And normally I'm like wound for sound at this kind of night because I feel like I'm like always on all the time but right now i feel like pretty zen which is really nice it was i mean if puerto rico is not on your list of places to go at some point in life like add it add it to the list and if you're somebody who's like i don't want to spend like a whole week or something in puerto rico like if you're a cruise person do a cruise that goes to puerto rico and just experience san juan for a little bit like it was just such a cool place and i don't know it just was so cathartic to be with people that I don't always see anymore. The context was that I was there for a wedding and, you know, college friends and I live in Michigan now. And really actually like out of this whole group, I think only three of them live in Ohio still, you know, my best friend Corinne is in New York and then Brian is in Chicago. Like everybody's just so spread out. And then there's people in God knows where else. And, And that's just like so cool to, to like still have friends that can come together and all that kind of stuff. And I know you have people that are like that too, Laura. And uh, for people who are listening to the show, who have those people, like hold those people close. Like that's always so cool. And to be able to be in such a pretty place, celebrating two really cool people with a lot of really cool people is always nice. And I didn't get sunburned. That was another big win. I thought I was going to be absolutely lobster-esque. You did almost pass away from like oh yeah i did think that i was gonna die of heat exhaustion the first day i was there because let me tell you i like it was not i think when i left it was like pretty chilly still like it was still like not great weather out and so (laughs) i left i landed in puerto rico in a hoodie and jeans and changed when i got to the hotel but then like went to go walk to meet everybody at a restaurant because they had landed a little bit earlier than i had i had turned the wrong way uh, and I walked about like a half a mile the wrong way before I was like, oh, I need to come back. And so I ended up walking like a mile and a half to get to this restaurant in this like really like it was like 90 something degrees, humidity 100%. And so I'm like, the, the color of my shirt has changed. 
I am just drenched. And I like eat and all that kind of stuff, but I like do not feel well afterward. And I like get sick. Like this is probably TMI. Like I got sick and it was just like straight up like nothingness that came out of my body because which was weird because I had just eaten. So I was just it was not good. I was delirious. But I drank a lot of water and got some carbs into me and I ended up being okay. And then I was good for the rest of the trip. I was like worried I was getting like a stomach bug or something, but I prevailed. The heat did not get me this time, but I'm sure that I lost weight. Like, there's no way I didn't between the walking and all that kind of stuff. And so, highly recommend Puerto Rico. I did go to the place that was the birthplace of the pina colada. It was incredible. I also did something that is your worst nightmare. Oh, God. What? I hung out with birds. I did see the picture of you with the bird. And, uh, oh, you saw the picture of me with the bird, one. I'm going to send you a picture, actually. I'm going to send you a picture. And I don't I, think I like this. Are you going to be covered in birds? Because I hugged you. <laughs> I, I bathed, I promise. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a good one to send you, so that way you can get a real grasp for, for the situation here at hand. Now, were these, like, birds that were supposed to lay on you or just did you stand in the middle like Mary Poppins and with bird seed around you and they just flock to you? So yes, <laughs> it's kind of a both. And so um, they live here. This is, it's called pigeon park. Well, I, I do know that birds live places. No, but like, I mean, like, it is like very specifically like this is like they don't really leave. And mm. there are signs up that say like, don't feed the birds outside of this park because like it will it will cause potential like disease. Like if these birds leave this park. And so, yeah. So what happened was you can buy like little bags. I think of saltine crackers. I think they're saltine cracker sleeves. And if you have that bag, you're making friends. I think at one point I had like six birds on me um, and they were like on your head, on your shoulders, on your hands, all that kind of stuff. And they were like so docile and because they're so accustomed to people because there is like, there is a, um, I'm going to totally butcher this, but there's like a, a lore that at that very place, there's also like a chapel built right there. And that there was an accident where somebody like fell off of the cliff that's like right there. And like when they had fallen, like somebody had yelled a prayer for a miracle and the person ended up living. And so this whole area is like dedicated to that. I don't really know the context of the birds to be honest, but yeah, it's, it's, it was wild. It was a, a journey for that sure. That was a very beautiful story. That's way too many fucking birds. I mean, like, I'm not, this is not bullshit. Like, you can verify as you're looking at that. There are hundreds of birds. And they were worried about you giving the birds diseases? No, they're worried about, the, like, they're, they're just worried about, like, those birds interacting with other birds outside. Of, like, do you know what I mean? Like, because then those birds will come back and, like, be with the people again. So they try to keep, I think, those birds in, in that area. And to not spread disease. That's so many birds. The pina colada was great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm feeling really relaxed, really good. I need to clean my house desperately because when I came back, I forgot the hell which I raised when I was packing. That was a nice little reminder when I got home. But other than that, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The students are gone. I know you're not quite there yet. I know that this Hi. is actually kind of your busy time. So I'm sending you good vibes for the rest of your semester, but I'm done. And so I love that for me. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And I got to hang out in Columbus an extra day, which was something I wasn't expecting to be able to do. I had booked flights out of Columbus because of how much cheaper it was. And so I happened to be back in Columbus on Monday, which also just happened to be the NHL draft lottery. Laura, it was, it, it had all the potential to be a really cool day. I thought that the event that 
um, that CBC hosted was really great. The Columbus Brewing Company over there at their new beer hall that is located in, oh God, I always forget the name of that, that area. Like, is it Old Town East? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, near Franklin so, Park Conservatory. Yeah, near Franklin Park Conservatory. It was gorgeous. It was really cool. It was a cool place. Every time I talk about CBC, we you know have to shout out our good friend Steven, who is you know our graphic designer, because he he does work for them. That's his full time gig, and so kudos to him. Everything that he did in retrospect, like in like relation to that place, is cool. So if you ever go to the CBC and you're like, wow, I love these menus, that guy does our logo. So. Or, wow, I love these cans because he's also designed yeah. some of their cans. Yeah, correct. Correct. And so, God love him. And God love CBC. That was fun. The Jackets did a good job setting up things. It was pretty low-key. Like, it wasn't, like, I don't think overly, like, structured, but I don't think it needed to be because that's not really the kind of event that you plan for that to happen at, but you still got guys like Mike Todd doing, you know, hosting the event and Plenty of team reporters there just kind of checking out what the day was like. And it was good. It was good until. (laughs) (laughs) Until, um, well, you guys know the rest. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff to break down about this, right? You know, there's a lot of things. I I think, obviously, the naturally upsetting part is, like, the Jackets falling back to third. Technically speaking, that was not the most likely scenario for them. The most likely scenario was for them to fall to fourth. So I guess take that as a win. I think there's a lot about it, though, that feels hard to digest. If you're a Blue Jackets fan, I think the first and foremost being, and maybe not if you're a Blue Jackets fan, like I don't know if I'm like putting that qualifier out to everybody who's a Blue Jackets fan, but I do know that there's a lot of Blue Jackets fans and a lot of NHL fans that are just fucking rip-roaring pissed off that the Chicago Blackhawks we're we're lucky enough once again in a situation like this to to secure the first overall pick being able to draft another generational talent after trading away their last generational talent that they drafted in 2007 which was patrick kane and i think there are a lot of reasons that people are upset about that uh i think that it's really hard for people to believe that there's no ulterior motive to it. I think, like, let me say this. Like, I don't necessarily think that this is rigged. Like, I'm going to put myself in that position. I think the thing that's hard, though, is, like, the NHL did itself no favors in a number of different ways in terms of making people believe that it's not. Uh, and that's, like, where this sucks because – this had potential to be a really good event and this had a potential to be a really good day. Even if the jackets didn't secure the first overall pick and even if everything went chalk or even if they fell back to fourth, like, but I think that there were just some things at play that made a lot of it feel icky. Icky being the certifiable term. That's what we can use as the definitive way to describe it. Mostly being that Kevin Weeks fucked up. He fucked up. Like, I think it was an honest fuck up, but he fucked up. Or ESPN fucked up. And before you cut to commercial, and this is the hard part about being there, I, not everybody, I, I didn't catch it. I think they had turned off the volume before Kevin Weeks even said that. Because if you weren't there, what was happening was during the commercial breaks, like they would cut the audio, they would cut the, the video board and then they would turn it back on. I think that that got cut. I don't think I, I did not hear that. I saw that on Twitter. Right. I don't time. think, I don't think it played at the viewing party. I think it, like you said, I think it was cut beforehand. So I see on Twitter, everybody else starts to see on Twitter that Kevin Weeks had announced that the blue jackets had slid back before it was revealed and again the draft order is picked a few hours before this happened so like that's i mean production probably has that produced already and like they're ready to go that shouldn't have happened that shouldn't have happened and it took the entire air out of that draft party and draft lottery party i should say and it made it made things really tough when you saw the blue jackets three 
at this draft, and then he saw the Blackhawks moved up. I mean, I'm rambling here, just kind of giving everybody the the POV for us of, of what happened and and how that affected that crowd. But Laura, just like when when everything was happening, like what were some of your thoughts initially? Like maybe not even related to the Chicago element of this, but just in relation to the Jackets, how all of it was handled, and kind of just what you felt the energy was in that space. I mean, like you said, it was a lot of fun leading up to that point. I mean, we got there early enough to have dinner and there was a really decent amount of people that were there and um, the weather held out, thankfully, because it looked there for a minute that it was going to start pouring buckets. Uh, But, you know, it was it was fun. And like, supposedly there was a camera there from ESPN, but we've now all figured out that we weren't actually shown um on espn so we were briefly we were very briefly before they started revealing the pics it was like before they even started you know before the assistant commissioner before bill daly even started flipping the cards like there was a little clip but it was like very short yeah so you know that is what it is but i think probably there's two different things that like disappointed me about it, which aren't really in my control or anyone's control really, but it was disappointing to the fact that leading up to the fourth pick, everything was in order. Like every team fell where they fell based on where they finished for the season. And, you know, at this point you're like, okay, we would be absolutely fine with second. Like, that's great. Like, just let the numbers fall as they were. I would have been totally fine with second. I think a lot of people would have been totally fine with second. Um, And then, obviously, the whole mess up with the, the presentation and Kevin Weeks and all that sort of stuff and us not really getting our moment in the sun, like everyone else did. Um, And even if you listen to like Yarmo's press conference from after the lottery, he was like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like it sucked. Like it sucked that that's how we had to find out. Um, And it's also just one of those things. And I know every team has a sob story and all this sort of stuff, but like for us to be, the first team in that scenario to drop down just felt initially like the biggest kick in the face, like sweet. So we had this whole terrible season and now we don't even get to pick second, which is where we should have naturally fell. Um, But then, you know, of course, what really sealed the deal was the Blackhawks getting winning the first overall pick. And, you know, I've I've said it before on the show. I hate the Blackhawks. I think their organization is absolute garbage. I don't think that they in any way, shape or form deserved to get the first round pick. Um, I don't think they should have had a pick to begin with. Um, And, you know, I think it's really, I I don't believe, I know it's not rigged. I know it's not rigged. I just think that it is a, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that it worked out the exact way that Gary Bettman wanted it to work out. And I think, I think it's absolutely insane that a franchise that literally spent millions of dollars covering up a gigantic sexual abuse scandal very recently and had people all the way from players through the entire front office part of covering up this scandal and the Arizona Coyotes got in more trouble for having early interaction with their rookies. Like, I think that's ridiculous. And also because 
the way the Blackhawks handled everything this season. They were doing things so purposefully, like trading away all of their major talent, really breaking themselves down to just a bare bone situation on purpose. Like, and again, I'm going to repeat it, covering up a gigantic sexual abuse scandal to then an hour after getting the number one pick sold almost $3 million in season tickets. Like it just make it make sense. And I know that we're not the only group of fans that are pissed. Like, I think it rattled through almost every franchise to be pissed about this for any number of reasons. Um, and, you know, it's not even, I, I think we would have been, we said this, we said this in the car, like, we would have been less mad if any other team. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, that's the part of it that is like, I would have been sad if the jackets fell back. Like, I think that anybody who is a fan of a team that was in this position would feel the same way. Like you would obviously be bummed, but I, I think like I wouldn't have been pissed. Like I feel pissed about this. Like mm-hmm. it's just like one of those situations where, you know, you're right. I mean, we've seen teams lose first round picks for worse. I mean, I think the other thing to keep in mind is like, they should have lost. They should have lost last year's first round pick too. Like, you I mean, like that's the piece of it. Like this whole thing, like, they should have lost multiple years. Like that's my personal philosophy. But if you think that they should have lost only one year, that would have been last year's draft. So, like, that's the other thing that I like feel like I need to like say is clarifying because all of that. Right. Was, you know, no. Like and, and not saying you're saying that I'm just saying like, I've seen that on Twitter as like a, a take that people have, and I don't disagree. I think it's just worth noting that that was two, two drafts ago at this point that that would have, or last draft. I'm mincing my words. It doesn't matter it's a scuzzy franchise. And this is the other piece of it too. Like I don't, there's part of me that thinks that this isn't what you want if you're the NHL, because now you've got a player going to a team that is five years away from being competitive still, even with Connor Bedard. Like, I don't know like that. It's just so messy. And if I'm honest, like, I think that you're not wrong. Like financially, I think this is what the NHL wanted to happen. But I think there's a part of the NHL that probably is like, oh, fuck, because they know what this means. Like, they know what this microscope, like, you're, they know that they are being put back under the microscope for the way that they handled everything with the, with the Blackhawks back in 2021 and everything before then and after then. And I, I don't know. I, it's hard, right, because it is so complex. But the reality is, is that's just like a shit franchise. And I don't want anything good to happen to them ever. And so them being able to draft a guy like Connor Bedard, like that sucks. Like that's, I mean, that's no good. And I like kind of feel bad for Connor Bedard too. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm being dramatic. I know people would probably say the same thing if Columbus would have won the lottery, but the reality is like, I don't know that you can be a prospect going into that organization and feel any kind of safe. Well, no, exactly. And I mean, it's been in sort of poor taste how some people have described it with him, but like, that's exactly what it is. Like you do, I do feel bad. And I think a lot of people feel bad. I, I felt bad for him a lot of this year because so much has been on, you know, where is he going? How does he feel about where he would go and all this sort of stuff. And even that day, like people interviewing him, like really wanting him to just, say something crazy or random this 17 year old kid who has like absolutely no idea what he's doing like and has absolutely no control in what he's doing he doesn't get a say in who picks him and he doesn't get a say in how you know the lottery goes obviously nobody gets a say but you know it's and now it's sort of muddied with this you know turmoil thing and you're exactly right like you know because the other unfair thing about it is they're not going to be competitive for a while which means they continue to have the ability to suck 
and get more high level picks. I mean, that team, even with Connor Bedard, could be in real conversation for the draft lottery again next year. Right. Like with a lot because of they they traded away everyone, and like they're not going to get it all back here in the off season. And, you know, again, yes, Connor Bernard has a 99% chance that he will be on the opening day roster and all of this sort of stuff for Chicago and whatnot. But you still have that small chance that he's not ready. Do I think that they'd probably force him to be ready? Yes, because obviously in a 24-hour time period, he has made them, you know, 10 times the amount that he'll make in his entry-level contract. Um, But it was just frustrating. It was such, like, (laughs) literally just felt like a needle to a balloon, like, in that moment for us. And, you know, that's not to say that we're going to end up with some shitty pick. Like literally everyone in the top five, if not the top 10 of this year's projected draft class is incredibly talented. Right. It's just the principle of the thing. And this feeling of, because I don't think Anaheim's ever had ever gotten the first pick either. And it's just this feeling of being teams that have been around now us for, you know, almost 25 years and just never getting that opportunity because of how the NHL handles this. And again, like you said, they, I I don't think it was rigged, but they did themselves no favors in how they fucked it all up because now so many people are asking for some clarity and are asking for, you know, you're going to need to show us like the actual pin, like the actual ping pong balls because it just, and it's not, it's not Kevin Weeks' fault. I know a lot of people are, you know, ragging on him too, but it just, you want people to not think it's rigged and then you do something like this and now you couldn't look like it was more rigged. Correct. Yeah. It's just not a, it's not a good look at all. Um, And to your point, yeah, the last time. So the ducks have never picked first overall. They have picked second overall a couple of times. So similar situation as the jackets minus the, you know, the trade for the Rick Nash draft pick. But yeah, I just, It'll be fine. Like, I mean, like Leo Carlson or Will Smith. I mean, like that's a debate that we'll get into it another day. Like that's going to be a summer episode. I'm sure is just like an hour of just discussing with people who and why, but it's just, yeah. And I mean, like I, you knew it, like you knew the second that Columbus had fallen back that like, there was no way that Chicago just moved up one to two. Like it was going to be one. You just felt that in your soul. And so you wish that it wouldn't have gone that way, but it did. And now you've got to like, just if you're a blue jackets fan, like you can be pissed off for the, like about the Blackhawks. But at the end of the day, like I think shifting that mindset to knowing that the player you're going to get is a quality player. It's great. It's a great, great time to be a blue jackets fan to know that you're going to get somebody like that. I mean, you're looking at a top six talent and that's something that the jackets just frankly haven't had the chance to really draft since Pierre-Luc Dubois and yeah, let me like, sorry for saying that out loud without a trigger warning folks, but I don't know. It's just, it'll be what it'll be. I know that we're not coming to you with any sort of like original thoughts about, about this. I mean, I think like, obviously our perspectives might be a little bit unique, but it's all the same thing, right? Like fuck Chicago sucks to be us and we'll still figure it out. Right. And I think it's important to say, too, to, like, don't believe, like, obviously, everyone should know this. And I know all of our listeners know this. But, like, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Because, like, some of these woe is me, the world is over people, like, are just putting out false information about how the draft is going to go for us. And, like, 
what our options are and all this sort of stuff. Like, do your own research. There's been a lot of great articles out in the last couple of days about, you know, really more in depth about these other guys that are past Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. And like, honestly, in different scenarios, the top five, top six of these guys would be number one overall picks in if Connor Bedard wasn't in, like if they were in different draft years, like, and so it's a really high level. And I just like really encourage everyone to do your own research. Like don't just go along with God love you. Some of the loonies that are like, really over-exaggerating this situation that we're in. Like, yes, we are upset. We were very upset on Monday. Like, we went and got sad ice cream and stuff. And, like, it sucks. But we're not in as bad of a situation as far as picks are considered as a lot of people think we are. And, you know, I still very much so trust that Yarmo is going to make the best decision for this team possible um, at the third pick. And I think he has a lot of solid options. So yes, it sucks. Yes. It's another feeling of like being kicked in the teeth as a blue jackets fan, but I still think that we have stuff to be excited about. We do. We do. And if you're somebody who is having trouble finding excitement, I promise that it'll come as we get closer to the draft. I, if there's anybody I trust, it's Yarmo Kekalainen when it comes to drafting. And so we're going to get the right person. I know it's frustrating. It's a bunch of bullshit. You can say whatever else you need to to make yourself feel better about it. Like, we have said it. And we'll continue to probably say it. It'll piss me off to no end when Chicago picks on June 28th. But we'll get through it. Leo Carlson, Will Smith. Maybe Matvey Mishkov. I don't know if I would even consider it, but one of those guys is going to be a blue jacket. Maybe Adam Fantilli. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But until then, Laura, I know one way that our fans could really chipper up their spirits in this time of need. Me too, because they could all be winning some money on DraftKings. They really could be. And folks, let me tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to tell you what bets to place because if you're doing it on the NHL playoffs this year, well, you are going to probably be disappointed because it has just been a whirlwind of a time. But you're going to light the lamp during the hockey playoffs this season with DraftKings. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So, for example, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs found a way to stay alive against the Florida Panthers tonight. Perhaps you think that the Maple Leafs are going to find a way to figure this one out. And if if they do, you're probably going to be taking home some, some good money because things aren't looking too great for them, and, and the odds reflect that. But if you are looking to, to cash in on a big bet today, maybe that's where you go. Or maybe you want to play the safe bet and take a look at some of those other, other options around the league. I mean, you've got – a 3-1 series lead for the for the Hurricanes. Could they finish off the Devils here later this week? Potentially they can. It's just all sorts of fun right now. But you're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly, and that's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in, uh, in Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And Laura... I have to tell you, too, it's that time of year where I really start thinking about how I can save a buck. And do you know how I can save a buck right now? I think deciding to get some Raycon headphones. Yeah, and because, let's be real, so many things in life are so much more expensive now. Finally, eggs aren't as expensive as they used to be, but the coffee that I get every morning, it's $5. And that's before you even get into adding oat milk like I do. And yeah, I know I'm an oat milk guy. Sorry about it. 
but our bank accounts somehow always seem to be depleting and we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. You know, maybe you're getting a little bit anxious about your financial situation, but you, you know that going on a run and all that kind of stuff is going to make you feel better about it, but you don't want to drop all that money on AirPods. Well, good news. You could go with your Raycon wireless earbuds. I just ordered a pair again. So that way I have a couple pair because you never know when you're going to need them. And at this price, you're not going to have to pay an arm and a leg for it. So you can get a pair and a spare. You're still going to pay less than you would with those others. And so I highly recommend them. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. So you can pay as low as $18 right now at checkout and you get yourself a pair of these earbuds. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They're getting right up there with, with those folks that were subjectively speaking. So that's a high quality product. And with these features, what else could you want more of? You've got three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation. You've got eight hours of playtime. It, it just doesn't get any better than this, folks. You're going to want to go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So, Laura, since we last chatted, the NHL draft lottery is not the only news that we have to get to for the Blue Jackets. Presumably the biggest piece of news outside of the draft lottery for the Jackets is one that's not breaking. It's something that was pretty expected. And that's that uh, Dmitry Vronkov signed his entry-level contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's a two-year deal. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. He does have an escape clause in it. What that means is that if he doesn't play in the NHL, that he can return to the KHL next year. I don't think that's an issue for the Blue Jackets. I think they think this is somebody who's going to be a great addition down the middle for them. I think they think he's NHL ready. This is not the first attempt they've taken at getting him to come back to or not come back, but come to North America. And so this is a player that they have been excited for for a while. And I think he's a guy who's going to be a really great addition to the middle six here in Columbus. He's a bigger guy. He's not afraid to throw the body around. He's a he's a playmaker. He's a goal scorer. He does it all, really. It's just a matter of trying to see how this game is going to translate into the NHL. But, Laura, how are you feeling about this? I mean, now to just get it off the – it's off the to-do list. Yarmo has one last thing to worry about, and Dmitry Voronkov is officially a Columbus Blue Jacket. So how are you feeling after he signed his entry level? Yeah, I think uh, similar to what we've been hearing and talking about the last couple of years when it came to like Karel Martenko, like Dmitry Vronkov is someone we've been hearing about for a long time. And we've been waiting to see when he was going to decide to give North America a chance. And truly, like in his statement from his agent, it was like, yeah, he's decided to give America a try, um, <laughs> which I do think is why he has that clause in his contract too like he doesn't want to come over here to um probably in what he sees like waste his time um and you know he's he's coming over here to play in the nhl and that's his prerogative so um but yeah i'm excited i've heard nothing but great things and it again complicates you know our quote-unquote current lineup as far as forwards are considered um, we just keep bringing people back in and still don't have <laughs> spots. So as as things like this keep happening, I think everyone should be prepared for Yarma to start making um, some different kinds of moves um, where we have to say goodbye to some people because we just simply do not have enough spaces. And with a completely... It, if all things go to plan and we have a much healthier, you know, locker room this upcoming season, like we're just really not going to have the spaces. And, you know, we've, we've 
said time and time again that this offseason is going to be big for the Blue Jackets, but it's important. To, they're not always going to be like happy things that it can, are happening. So brace yourselves as uh, they have to start making some more difficult decisions and getting rid of, you know, I don't want to say fan favorites because like that makes it seem like they're going to get rid of someone like huge, but you know, people aren't going to, people you saw on the ice uh, a month ago are not potentially going to be on the ice uh, in a blue jacket sweater come September when uh, training camp starts. But yeah, I'm excited. I think he's very excited. Um, I think it's good that he's finally decided to give it a chance, uh, especially at the place that we're in right now, where it is very much like the goal is to start winning and start winning often. Um, Cause I think that that's the competitive level that will suit him the best based on his performances over in the KHL. Like he's a very competitive guy. Um, so I think that atmosphere will be good for him. And obviously he's going to have um, a, a decent number of fellow Russians in the locker room with him. So I think that will make the transition a lot easier as well. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. And I think to your point, like it's just, it is <laughs> really fascinating because the jackets have gone quickly from having like no real center depth to now having this, like you said, just like this kind of overwhelmingly deep center pool that maybe isn't deep in terms of the overall star power but it's just got a lot of bodies and there are choices to be made there. Right. I mean, it's the people that are coming back into the fold. You mentioned like Alexander Texier is a part of that conversation. Now he could be moved to the wing. No problem. You know, similarly with a player like Liam foodie, that's somebody who was, you know, a quote unquote center. And you've got players like Boone Jenner, who is like, yeah, like we keep hearing that his natural position is like not center. But then again, he has been the team's best center for three years. And I don't know if that's more of a, of a hurrah to Boone's ability to play center or if it's more of a demerit against the Blue Jackets center depth over the course of the last few years, it might be both. But I think there's just a lot of that depth there that you've got to figure out, like whether that's like because of Jack Rossovic, Sean Corrali, you've got a lot of players there that are can, that can play down the middle and then you add in Dmitry Ronkov and then, you know, like you said, Alexander Texier comes back. It's just going to be really interesting to see how this goes. And then if you draft a Leo Carlson, who is a center, right? Like that's another person to add into the fold. And he might not be ready next year, but he's not going to take that long. Like he's probably going to be another year if he doesn't come into the NHL in 2023, 2024. So yeah, it's just going to get interesting. There are going to be some people that get shipped out. And I don't know if people are going to love it, but it's just going to be the reality of the situation. There's not really much else you can do. Well, yeah. And even just the ones that you just named off, I mean, you still have to add Cole Cylinder uh, and yeah. Ben Johnson to that list, like yeah. all potential centers and Patrick Line. I mean, wow. I, that's I becoming mean, less and less likely day by day. Every single time, yes, Nuggets add somebody <laughs> down the middle. But I don't his... think I don't think he's gonna give it up. But like, I think sure. I don't know if the Blue Jackets and whatever head coach that we um, get in might not be as thrilled about the opportunity, but I don't think Patrick's going to necessarily like let it go as quickly, but yeah, there's just, there's too many names and not enough spaces. And, you know, we've been saying it, we can't have like, we can't have a season like we had last this past season and have so many people in and out of the locker room and they have to stay healthy and staying healthy means you stay in your roster spot. And you know, we're not switching guys in and out as often. And so, you know, it's going to be some tough decisions, but. Because consistency is what, Laura? Key. Consistency is key. And uh, speaking of keys, give the key to the city to a guy named Zach Wierenski because he was just um, named the Blue Jackets nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Award. Um, which I mean, through his service, I mean, this is one of those like silver lining stories to like his injury, right? He chose to use that time to give back quite a bit. And, you know, the Jackets have had a King Clancy winner before Nick Felino won it in the same year that he won the Bill Masterton award. And so, uh, it's always fun to see which player the team is going to pick for context. This is another one of those awards where every team has a nominee. And so, 
cool for the Jackets to to give Zach this honor. I mean, Zach has been, you know, we've talked about it already. Like Zach has been somebody who has been phenomenal for the Jackets off the ice as much as he has been on the ice, which I think there's not really much else you can ask ask for a guy. He finds a way to make Columbus's home and he finds a way to, you know, even if he's not physically always here, he gives back to this place in a way that is really cool. And I think it, it says a lot about who he is as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like the day that it was announced, he was back here in Columbus working with uh, some of the AAA uh, jackets and all that sort of stuff. And he really did take advantage of the fact that he wasn't going to be able to play for the rest of the season and uh, decided to use his time to give back and uh, in so many different ways and not only financial donations, but his time and his service and all that sort of stuff. And he's really taken that upon himself since signing his big contract to stay here to, to really become a part of the Columbus community. So I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, it's just, it's nice that we can each nominate someone um, and whether or not he becomes a finalist or not, I think he probably feels very honored to, to get that recognition from the team. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Zach. Yeah, and unlike with the Masterton Trophy, there were actually a handful of uh, former Blue Jackets that were nominated for a Masterton Trophy, but uh, it doesn't look like any other former Blue Jackets are nominated. However, hometown boy Connor Murphy for the Blackhawks is on the list as well. So kudos to the 32 folks. Also, uh, your favorite Islander, Anders Lee, on this list. So a lot of really good guys on, on this list of 32 nominees. And... We'll see where it goes. I almost wonder if, with it probably being Patrice Bergeron's last year, part of me wonders if, if it'll be him. And then we have a name twin, uh, Mikey Anderson, for, for the Kings. We have a friend named Mikey Anderson, so it's just wild that every time I hear his name, I think it's crazy. But yes, congratulations to Zach uh, for being nominated for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy again. For those who don't know, it's presented to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community, all of which I would argue Zach has done. So congrats, Zach, on, on that honor. And we'll be rooting for you uh, when the award season happens in Nashville. But, Laura, one other thing, too, on my radar at least, that I don't know if we talked about pre-show enough. I do this, this happens every episode. I don't know why, why you would be surprised that I'm doing this to you. But just a little bit of an update on the Blue Jackets head coaching situation. So obviously, you know, still without a head coach and, you know, in his media availability following the draft lottery, Yarmulke mentioned that a decision is hopefully coming sooner rather than later. Of note, former Blue Jackets head coach and also former head coach of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers, right? Yes. And the New York Rangers, Gerard Gallant you know, was let go, relieved of his duties after the Rangers lost a brutal game seven against the New Jersey Devils. And so that's a name to put into the carousel. I I think that he's somebody who could potentially get a look to come back. I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't really given myself time to process what that means. Maybe we'll talk about it more next episode or two when we might talk about the Blue Jackets head coaching situation. But yeah, I just... Another name to add to the list of people who are without jobs, and we know how the NHL works, and they like to recycle their coaches. So we shall see where this one goes. Any initial thoughts, though, from you on that, Laura? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting um, to hear him say that we'll have a coach sooner rather than later. I think there was a lot more. I think they're playing things a lot closer to the vest this time around. I felt like uh, two years ago when we were – doing the search after torts left that there was a lot more like open knowledge about who was interviewing and who were some really solid like candidates because Gallant was interested back then too, two years ago and ended up with the Rangers. But um, I, I, I really do feel like they're playing it a lot closer to the vest. I feel like it's going to be like, uh, it's just we're going to get like an email or a text or a tweet at like nine in the morning on a random Wednesday that says press conference at 10 a.m. The Blue Jackets are announcing their new head coach. Like 
and just no one's gonna know. Um, but again, it's an it's a situation where I I trust their judgment for this and. I wasn't a fan when uh, Glant was the coach of the Blue Jackets, so I don't have near as many feelings as I think some people on social media have. Um, I know our uh, beloved friend Bucket Hat Kyle is not a fan of him coming back, but you know it, it, he is. I'm sure being added to the list as as well as all of the other coaches that have been relieved of their duties over the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who falls who falls into the Blue Jackets. But um, I know we both had similar um, things to say in our exit interviews about what we were hoping to see from a coach. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I trust Yarmo. So. I do too. And in a lot of ways, it feels like it's his last stab at it too. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure that he will find a way to, to bring in the right guy for the job. But until, until then we will, will remain abreast of everything that comes our way and we will bring it to you and we will talk about it and we will debate about it. And we will just have loads of fun talking about who the next bench boss is going to be for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, hopefully this is a guy who can lead them back to the promised land of the playoffs. And if the Jackets make the playoffs, I sure as hell hope that the second round is much more entertaining in, in their affair than it has been this go around. I mean, these playoffs have gotten, I don't want to say stale, I don't want to say anything too negative as a, as a fan of a team that's like nowhere near touching this, but man, I've just been trying to like stay engaged in this second round. But aside from the, the I mean, but here's the thing, right? Like the Seattle Dallas series is tied at two, two. It looks like that's going to happen for Vegas and Edmonton. Edmonton is kicking the shit out of, uh, out of Vegas right now. None of these games have been close. Like the only, the only series that has featured numerous close games so far has been, you know, the Panthers and the Maple Leafs and the Panthers have a three, one series lead. I mean, it's not to say that the Leafs can't come back. It's just felt like this has been a, a round that has just kind of been a snooze fest. It's not really given you that same feeling of competitive hockey, like down to the wire, like seconds left in the game, like, holding on with bated breath to see what's going to happen. So I'm honestly like bummed about the second round. I think it sucked. It's been really bad. And I'm not convinced that the third round is going to be any better because I don't know if I love the matchup of teams like Dallas and Edmonton or Dallas and Vegas or Seattle and Vegas, or now that would be fun for the storyline of being like the two newest expansion franchises, like in the Western conference final, but like, I don't know if the hockey would be all that exciting and a Seattle and Edmonton. I don't know. I'm just like kind of being a negative Nancy about it. Like I just don't really love the way these playoffs have shaped out. And even on the Eastern side of things, like I think Carolina is going to be in the conference final and I think it could be Florida. And if you've got Carolina and Florida in the conference final there, I mean like I like it cause it's a little bit too, it's two smaller market teams. And there's a part of me that like, once that as a middle finger to the NHL so that also like those smaller markets can show up and show out. But also like, I don't know. I just think that we could be in for a long run to the Stanley cup. If these games keep happening the way they are. Yeah, I agree. The series have just not been as exciting um, as they were in the first round, or I guess as unpredictable. Um, Cause like you said, like, yes Toronto found a way to win tonight to hold off the Panthers but I have a feeling that in two days when they play again um Florida is just gonna take care of business I could be wrong but like you know and the same with Carolina and New Jersey like Carolina has just kind of been handing it to the devils and you know it, that's just not very exciting like it's just not very you know, entertaining. And I do think, you know, I'm very excited for Seattle to like be having the su success that they're having, but really that's like the closest situation. Like it may come down to like a game seven for Seattle and Dallas, but um, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of dull 
and the games have been like blowouts for most of the time. Like they haven't been close in scoring. And so there's just been a lot of goalie talk. Um, cause there have been some good goalie performances, but yeah, who knows though? I'm hoping yeah, round three is more exciting, but me too. The Oilers are currently up four, nothing going into ending the second period. Um, but yeah, like yesterday, 6-1 win for the Hurricanes, 6-3 win for the Stars, 5-1 win for the Golden Knights or the Oilers in Game 3, 8-4 Devils-Hurricanes. Again, 3-2, again, a close matchup in overtime. Again, a good game, Game 3 in the in the Florida-Toronto series. Kraken beat the Stars 7-2. Oilers beat the Golden Knights 5-1. Hurricanes beat the Devils 6-1. Again, a 3-2 game for the Panthers and the Leafs. 4-2 game for the Stars and the Kraken. 5-1 Devils lose to the Hurricanes. 6-4. I mean, really the only series that have had competitive games so far have been Florida and Toronto and the Kraken and the Stars on an overtime game one. But other than that, it's just been a snooze fest. So make it better. Make it better. The way that that game ended against uh, between Florida and Toronto tonight was really entertaining though. If you haven't seen that, go and check it out. There's a hit right at the end of the game that uh, pissed a lot of people off and Mitch Marner ate a fistful of Matthew Kachuk's glove uh, a few times as the, as the game ended and uh, go do yourself a, a favor and check that out. But Laura, is there anything else on your hockey brain as we begin to wrap this one up? I mean, it's been so good being with you again. It's been so good, like, recording together. I've missed this. I've missed our energies in the same recording. I know. It's been a while. Um, Not really. I mean, thanks, everyone, who listened to our exit interviews last week. And we hope you enjoyed them. and they were a lot, they're always a lot of fun. And again, big thank you to Steven for, um, I think he has a lot of fun with them too. So that's really. Oh um, yeah. And nobody else will ever do those for us. Like it'll always be Steven. Like it can't be anybody else. He's so good at what he does with them. He has a good time with it. We love having him on. He asks us good questions. He's our biggest hype man. So like, truly <laughs> we love, we love Steven Shrek. Um, yeah, and then we got to see you finally got to meet uh super fan Morgan. Um, oh, so lovely, and her kiddos are so cute. Yes, yeah, so we had a lovely time with her the other night at the draft lottery party, and um, yeah, I mean, just it was nice to have a little bit of a hockey in the midst of moving and such, so but. And then other than that, like we're going down to one episode a week um, for the off season, unless something, you know, big and exciting and important happens, we'll record an extra episode. Um, But, you know, if you listen to the endings of either of our exit interviews, uh, I think this will be a nice, a nice break for us because we've done a lot of content over the regular season and um, we're trying to refocus and, uh, spend more time being friends, um, which I think is going to make our content even better. I do too. Yeah, it's going to be good. And so like Laura said, for the foreseeable future, you're down to one episode a week with us. You'll enjoy it. We'll make sure those episodes are good. Let us know what you want to hear too. Like we have plans for what we're going to have. I mean, we'll do um, our player reviews, which again are going to be a fascinating venture for us this year considering the fact that i think like 47 48 people played for the blue jacket so we've got to come up with what our criteria is for who we're talking about because no disrespect to like mikhail putia like i I don't have much to say good work maybe we'll have an honorable mentions episode but (laughs) it's just it's gonna be interesting to see how we do that but we'll do those again this year And I'm sure we'll talk to a lot of really cool people around Columbus hockey and give you their stories and just continue to prepare for the off season the best way we know by talking to the people who get it, by talking to each other about all the fun NHL draft things and free agency things. So now that we're into the, into the depths of the off season for the blue jackets, uh, you know, let us know what you want to hear. We'll produce it for you. We're always happy to do so. And the best way that you can let us know what you want to hear 
is by following us on social media, letting us know there. And Laura happens to be the person who is the most equipped to tell you how to get a hold of us in those places. Yes, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a lovely website, subjectivelyspeaking.com, that you can check out. If you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that all of your interactions with us, your likes, your subscriptions, your ratings, all that sort of stuff helps to uh, give us a little bit more attention in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And, you know, other than that, we just love and appreciate you guys so much. And also big shout out to um, one of our favorite humans, Mike Todd, for just being such a lovely energy to be around and hang out with the other night and just reminded me of how much I love him. So. We love you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. And let me tell you, Mike's reaction to the Blackhawks securing the first overall pick. Let's just say Mike is on our team. Mike is on <laughs> us. Mike is Truly. on us. So good stuff. Well, folks, we we love and appreciate you more than we could ever begin to describe. And this regular season has been a joy ride for both of us. And now that we're in the off season. We're going to enjoy some relaxation. Like Laura said, we're going to recenter our friendship to this whole situation. And that's going to result in, in really great content. And hopefully you can take this time of year. Obviously not everybody works jobs like Laura and I do, where this is kind of like our new year. Like this is like our, our R&R time. Depending on where that time of your life is, like you might not be in a spot and that's okay. But if, if you are in a spot where you can take some time during these next couple of months to just like recenter the things that are important to you and, you know, let that speak for itself and, and be, you know, just as meaningful as the other things are, do it, do it. Take time for you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye.